Guys, uh, I am so thankful for what God has done over the past five years. Uh, I'm so thankful for you, many of you who just keep on giving, and you serve, and you're involved, and you made such a huge difference in so many different people's lives. And I want to say thanks. Thank you so much for everything. And I just, I just want to just clap right now. Just clap and thank God, because he is amazing. I'm telling you, here's what I like about this, is... Um, I've seen my children in here. I have a 13-year-old son who comes here every 6 o'clock every day, every Sunday to work and help set up. Um, my middle son, he was baptized in here, and he's the one who had this kind of like pose like this. Um, one of the babies at the very beginning of this video was my youngest son, who's 5 years old. And uh, most of my children, the only church they know, the church experience is this church. And I'm grateful. And I am thankful because I'll tell you, there are so many different churches. When we launched one church five years ago, here's the, here's the deal. We knew that Clarksville didn't need another church. I mean, in fact, how many of y'all had to drive by a church in order to get here this morning? Okay, that's everybody, right? We're in the Bible Belt. Clarksville really didn't need another church where people didn't go. But let me tell you a little bit of something. You saw that statistic up there. 88% of people in Clarksville, Montgomery County, don't go to church anywhere. 88%. I mean, and, and, and I've done this. I prayer walk regularly. I mean, when you're going to buy houses, you count off every nine out of ten houses. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Those nine households don't go to church anywhere. But that one house out of ten does. And here's this thing. Jesus, when he got to this earth, he came on a very different and very weird specific mission because he didn't go after the religious found people. He went after the lost people. In fact, one of the most popular stories we read in the Bible is in Luke chapter 15. We, many of us, if you grew up in church, maybe you even didn't, you've heard of the prodigal son, but there's two other stories before that. And the very first story, this is what Jesus said. He says, he starts talking about sheep. And he says, how many of you, if you have 100 sheep and one got lost, you would leave the 99 found to go after the one lost? And everybody's shaking their heads going, yeah, that's exactly what we would do. And here's, what, here's the thing about this. We don't have to leave the 99 found here in Clarksville. We have to leave the 12 found to go after the 88. And do you think Jesus would do that? Absolutely. Absolutely. I am so thankful. I love this church when there was only four people involved in this church. Me, my wife, and my two sons. And we multiplied greatly because we had a third son. Church growth is its finest. I'm just saying. All right? I tell you, I love this church when a fantastic church downtown, First Baptist Church of Clarksville, hired me on, and they got this passion, this idea, let's plant a church out the exit one area. It's growing, and not a lot of people go to church out there. And I said, I'm on board. Let's go. Let's go. And they said, it's highly military. And I said, what are you saying? Everything about this body screams military. <laughs> and that's exactly what they did, right? Exactly what they did. They kind of chuckle, and I think one pastor says, yeah, if you're John Candy at Stripes, okay, whatever. All right? But, you know, here's the thing about this. Jesus has a heart for people who are disconnected to God. And that is what the church should be today is we are to be about reaching people nobody else is reaching. 
And I'll be honest with you, I've, I've, I've sat down, I've talked with people. When we launched uh, in September the 9th, 2007, in the movie theater, we had 202 people, and I remember 40 of those people came from a church right down the road. And I remember that week getting all up together, and I said, guys, I'm glad you're here. Why are you here? And they said, well, we don't like the pastor, we don't like the music, we want to come hang out with you. And I said, go back. Because we're not here to reshuffle and steal people from other churches. We're here to reach people nobody else is reaching. Now, I'll be honest with you, I don't know if I'd say that today, all right? Because, I mean, church people tithe, all right? Unchurch people usually don't. That's cool. I understand that. I understand that. But here's the fact of the matter. We just don't want to, and there's so many great churches, we just don't want to be like all the other churches that 88% of people don't go to. We want to create an environment where people can show up here and feel welcome, and they may leave here and go, you know what, I don't know about the whole Bible thing, I don't know about the Jesus thing, but you know what, I really enjoyed it. I had a good time. In fact, I, I heard some like practical stuff. I could actually enjoy the music. Um, I, I, I can understand what the preacher has to say. I may go and I may try some of this stuff out. And then they come back. Man, that excites us. That's a win for us. And so many people, you've seen, this is so cool, we've had 8,500 people come to this church over the past five years. And you're thinking, where are they at? I'll tell you where they're at. 40% of, we lose 40% of our church every year because of PCS. Again, I didn't know what that meant five years ago. I know what it means today. All right? And we got people who you've seen, many of them got baptized. They've seen stories. We've seen over 600 people give their heart to Jesus Christ here. That's awesome. We've seen hundreds baptized. It's, and, and you know what? This isn't, I even wrote this in our email last night. This isn't about tooting our horn. This is about tooting Jesus' horn. Because this isn't about just us. It's about what God has done through many of you. So today, here's what I'm going to do. I love that we're going back to the beginning of where one church started, but I don't even want to go even farther than that. I want to go back to where the beginning of where the church started. So here's what I want you to do. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16, and we're going to be starting at verse 13. And 2,000 years ago, Jesus, he makes a statement that literally changes the world, and he makes it here in this chapter, in these few verses. This is what he says, Matthew 16, 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, everybody say Caesarea Philippi. That's really important because anytime the Bible gives you a geographical thing, it's, it's going to point that out, and it's going to be huge for what we're going to be looking at today. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? In other words, I know people are talking, what are they saying about me? Now, y'all should try that at your work. So Y'all go to work tomorrow and say, I know people are talking, what are they saying about me? And buckle up. Because you're going to get some good stuff. So Jesus is saying, what are people talking about me? And then this is how they respond. Verse 14. They answered, some say that you are John the baptizer. Others are saying that you're Elijah. And others are still saying you're Jeremiah, maybe one of the prophets. You know, people are saying a lot of things is what they're saying. But Jesus presses even further and gets to the DNA and to the heart of the most important question that you and I will ever have an answer for. In fact, in fact, Every one of us will be asked this next question because it is this, the most important question in the world. This is the question that Jesus asked that you and I better have an answer for. But Jesus asked, but who do you say that I am? 
Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, Simon, son of Jonah, you are blessed. No human revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven revealed it to you. And look at verse 18. In verse 18, Jesus, in this one sentence, issues the most incredible statements in the history of the world. In this moment, creates a movement that has not stopped. Look at this. He says this, you are Peter. The word Peter literally means rock or rocky. All right? You are Peter, and I can guarantee that on this rock, referring to the statement that Peter just made, that you are the Messiah, Son of the living God, that on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of, what does it say? What did y'all just say? Y'all ain't supposed to say, what are you saying? The gates of hell will not overpower. Jesus said 2,000 years ago that he would build and start his church. And here's the cool thing about this. Jesus is a promise maker, and he's the promise keeper, and he has kept his promises because in the last 2,000 years, the church has not just survived, but it has thrived. I mean, you think about this. Think about some of the companies and the corporations and, and even the nations in just our brief lifetime that hasn't lasted. Think about this. Uh, let, let's go through a couple of things. How many of y'all remember Transworld Airlines, TWA? Started by Howard Hughes. My dad uh, used to work for TWA. He doesn't work for them anymore because they were bought out. They're, out. they're gone, out of business. In fact, he started working for Ozark. Anybody remember Ozark? A um, few of us, two of us, all right? Um, uh, he started working for Ozark. They were bought out by TWA, who was bought out by American Airlines. He's still got a job. It's crazy. I know. And, and American Airlines don't look too good right now. All right, what about this? How many of y'all remember Blockbuster Video? Come on, I still have a $20 gift card somebody gave me to Blockbuster Video that I'm never going to use. You want to know why? Gone. All right, what about this? How many of y'all Borders Books, right? I remember that. I was in the mall just last week, right? All right, All right. what about this Circuit City? Just saying, all right? I grew up here in Clarksville. And I remember Montgomery Ward. Anybody else remember Monkey Ward? Absolutely. I remember going to Roses. Anybody remember Roses here? All right, two of you. All right, that's cool. All right, How many, what about Enron? Gone. All right, I mean, you think about this. All of these things, they had great market share. They had great products, but they're not here anymore. But somehow, this church that Jesus started in this town called Caesarea Philippi has not only survived but thrived. In fact, 2.3 billion people in the world today on this earth say that they are Christ followers. That is cool. Now, some of you, this passage, of I think, is life-changing we're getting ready to look at. And some of you are going, really? When, when can I go eat some cake? Seriously. All right. I got a kid who's squirming. They need cake. They need more sugar. I understand that. But let me tell you, the reason why I think we need to look at this passage just to dig a little bit deeper is because it is and it can be life-changing for you and for me today. In fact, our big idea today, I'm going to state it, and then we're going to dig down deep. Here's our big idea. Our big idea today is Jesus is not afraid of my mess. Everybody say that. Jesus is not afraid of my mess. How many of y'all came to church with somebody who's a mess? Hey, you better not raise your hands. I'm just saying. All right. Jesus, some of y'all raised your hands, didn't it? Don't be calling me for marriage counseling. I'm just saying. All right, let's go back into this. 
Matthew chapter 16, verse 13, he says, When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi. Now, anytime the Bible mentions a specific location, it's important. I remember back in 1997 standing at Caesarea Philippi, having my Bible open, and reading Matthew chapter 16, and it was amazing. And let me tell you the reason why it was amazing. I want to show you a map of Caesarea Philippi. Caesarea Philippi is on the far northern region of Israel. In fact, it was the, far, it was the northest most part that Jesus ever traveled to. Jerusalem is down here, and 126 miles all the way up is Caesarea Philippi. Now, I remember going to Caesarea Philippi. It took us forever to drive there, and Jesus walked there. Now, if, if you want to do some math, 126 miles to get there, that's about a week. That's about a week it took him to go from here to there. Why in the world would Jesus go to Caesarea Philippi? Because think about this. Even in Jerusalem today, Jerusalem is the center of three major religions. Judaism, Islam, and Christianity. It's, if I was going to start a religion, I would start it in Jerusalem. But that's not where Jesus started it. He actually went away from the religious people. He re- went away from the center and the hub of religion, and he went far north to start a movement called the church. Now, here's the reason why I think that's really important. is because scholars lived in Jerusalem. I mean, religious people lived in Jerusalem. People who were stuck on how they should appear and their appearance lived in Jerusalem. Here, you have the temple is in Jerusalem. You had good people in Jerusalem, but that's not where he started his church. He started his church in Caesarea Philippi. He walked away from the religious towards Caesarea Philippi. You know, when we started this church five years ago, we had great people leave a great church and said, you know what, I'm willing to go. In fact, if we could just turn on the light. How many of y'all were here... And y'all were here at that very first service. In fact, stand up. I know the keys were there. I know Tom was there because I saw you in the picture. Anybody else? All right, there you go. How you doing? All right, anyone else? All right, I see you. That's my wife. I got you, baby. All right, she was there. So I'm telling you, I mean, many of them left a fantastic church, very comfortable to come and work. And I mean work because what we do on Sunday morning is work. How many of y'all have ever set up a teardown here? It's work. Anybody want to say amen? amen? Yes, Lord. People get here at O dark 30 every Sunday, and we usually leave here around 1.30. And the reason why we did that is, you know what? One of the things we realize, people don't need buildings, they need Jesus. And one of the things that we, and there's nothing wrong with buildings. I hope one day we have a building. If y'all are set up and teardown, somebody better say amen. But let me tell you this. Even one day, if God ever blesses us with a, with a building, we're never going to fight about the color of the carpet. We're never going to fight about, did you see what the youth did to the carpet last night? I'm glad we got youth in our church. Let me tell you, we got, a, we got a church office that is used, and we got youth all over it. And sometimes it smells nasty. I got to be honest with you, because sometimes youth, I'm just saying I mean, we got our youth on Wednesday nights. We got Young Life using it on Monday nights. I mean, and I love having our facilities used by people who will hear that Jesus loves them. Because it's not about if we can keep the carpet clean. Carpet one day is going to burn. Building's going to burn. Let me tell you, we came, the reason why we showed up was not just to build a building so that we can all look good. 
Because I ain't never looked good. Some of you don't look good now. Right? We came so that people could be able to hear Jesus loves you. That's it. And that's the reason I love our church. Jesus left religion and he moved towards Caesarea Philippi. Now here's interesting. I want to show you some pics of Caesarea Philippi because this is a jacked up place. All right? This pic. There is a cave here at Caesarea Philippi that many believed was an entrance to the underworld. Just leave that up. People, there was many religious, especially Greek thought, believed that this was one of the entrances to the underworld where spirits could kind of come and go, that literally it was an entrance or a gate into hell. That's interesting. Because Jesus didn't start his church in Jerusalem that's all neat and tidy. He started it basically at the gate of hell. Now, I love this quote. One of my favorite quotes is from this early 18th century British evangelist. His name is C.T. Studd. Now, I like that dude just because of his name. I'm just going to say. Let me tell you a little about C.T. Studd. Um, he was a wealthy, nationally famous athlete in England that put aside his professional athletic career and disappeared into the mission field for over 13 years. He disappeared and he went into China and to India and to Africa. Now, why would somebody who literally had it all, who was a professional athlete, give all of that up to go for 13 years and disappear telling people about Jesus? I'll tell you the reason why. In fact, I won't tell you. I'm going to let him tell you. This is a quote from C.T. Studd. He says this, Some wish to stay within the sound of church or chapel bells. I'd rather run a rescue shop a yard from the gates of hell. What C.T. Studd was saying to us as followers of Christ that we shouldn't just be content to live our lives in immaculate, covered pews or buildings. Nothing wrong with any of that. But our main goal shouldn't be for us to create a Christian utopia here, a heaven on earth. Our goal is to get as close to hell as we can and try to snatch people from going there. And I tell you, when we launched in a movie theater five years ago, that's exactly. I remember having church one Sunday there, and Road to Perdition was on. That means Road to Hell. And I said, that's it. We are there. We are there. I'm telling you, there's something about being in this community. And I'm so thankful for each and every one of you to just being able to willing to just get involved and to serve. In fact, this is what Jesus said in Luke 19.10 about his mission. He says this, for the Son of Man did not come... What does it say? For the Son of Man came to what? Seek and to save that which was found, right? That which was what? How many of y'all have ever been spiritually lost? Let me see your hands. By the way, that should be all of us. None of us are born Christians. You see, all of us have been jacked up from time to time. That's my way of saying we're all sinners. All of us are messed up. Jesus left the found in Jerusalem, the people who had it all together, and Jesus ran to the messes because he's not afraid of your mess. He's not afraid of my mess. Let me give you some more messed up information about Caesarea Philippi. Now you're thinking, how can it be more messed up than the gates of hell being there? Now buckle up. It gets even worse. In fact, I'm going to have to kind of, we got a lot of kids in here, so I'm going to have to pull this back a little bit. So y'all be praying for me right now. Caesarea Philippi was known by another name, Bonius or Pontius, and let me tell you, the Greeks worship the goat god Pan. Here, here, here's a picture. There's Pan. There's Pan. He's half goat, 
half man. Another picture of him, this is a mask of Pan that was found. He kind of has these horns on the top of his head. It kind of looks like a devil. Go back to that other one. All right, now there's a couple things you need to know about Pan. Pan was, um, how many of y'all have ever, have ever heard of horny goat weed? That came from Pan. I'm trying to connect the dots here without saying it, okay? People, they would come and they would worship Pan. In fact, if you would, uh, throw up some of those pictures that we didn't get to see of Caesarea Philippi. They would have these niches up against the wall, and they would put the, their idols of the, of the god Pan. Go to the next one if you would. See, it's one of these niches. And here's how they worshipped the god Pan, is they were intimate with goats. That's all I'm going to say. Okay? And some of you are going, ugh, I know, right? In fact, some of you, I have been in the ministry for 22 years, and I've never, ever had anybody say, hey, Chris, I got this problem. <laughs> never happened like that, all right? I've had some weird things come in, the, but no one's ever said, you know, I got this goat problem. It's never, ever happened. You see, some of you, you're like, God can't use me because I'm too much of a mess. No, 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 no. You don't seem to understand. You don't have that problem. Anyone have that problem? Anyone? No? All right. See, that's jacked up. You ain't that jacked up, which means God can still use you. Because let me tell you what happened. Jesus came to this place of pagan, unbelieving worship that, that Orthodox Jews would never go to because it was considered unclean. And Jesus says, it is right here. I am placing and starting my church. It is right here. I'm not going to go to the good people, the people who got it all together. I'm going to run to the messes. And I'm going to, even though they're really, really messed up, you know what, what's going to, I'm going to start something here that, you know what, will eventually change their mess into a masterpiece. That is amazing. And some of you right now, you're like, but Chris, I've had a divorce. That's, okay, I'm sorry. That's a mess. God can make you into a masterpiece. But Chris, you don't seem to understand. I have been convicted. Okay, I understand that. God can take your mess and change it into a masterpiece. But Chris, you don't see, there, you can say all the buts you want to. If it don't go as far as goats, I'm just saying, God can use you. Some of you, you know you got jacked up people because you rode with them in the minivan this morning. God still wants to use them. And what's so cool is you saw all of those pictures of people getting changed and dunked and all of this stuff. That happened through messed up people because none of us are perfect. I love that. Jesus walks away from the center of religious activity and he walks towards the mess. And when he gets there, he says, I'm going to start a movement that one day it's even going to reach the people there that are doing gross and despicable things. And that's where he builds the church. That Jesus Christ is bigger than your past. He's bigger than your mess ups. He's bigger than your worst decision. The mess that you made is no, and listen to this, the mess that you made is not greater than the price Jesus paid. Somebody needs to be agreeing with me right now. I'm telling you, because I have made some mess-ups that God wants to use you. I love that. Jesus Christ is not afraid of your messes, and he wants to take your messes, and he wants to change them into a masterpiece. I love that. And it has nothing to do with one church. It has everything to do with Jesus. We're here because of Jesus. We're not about a church label. We're not about a denomination name. We can be affiliated with all of that stuff. But really, at the end of the day, it don't matter. It's all about who? Jesus. That's exactly right. Now, here's the thing. If this is your first time here, 
I'm a little amped up because I saw some really good pictures. And man, I'm stoked. And I'm a little amped up like this all the time. So Mountain Dew, just saying, in Jesus. <laughs> I want to give you a challenge this morning. If this is your first time here and you want to make a difference, you can do that here. I am amazed I, I am, I, that we've had over 8,000 people come through this door that we see every year 40% of our church leave because of PCS, that we've seen hundreds of people baptized, we've seen over 600 people give their lives to Jesus, but this is just the beginning. God wants to and he can take your mess and he can be able to use you. So I guess my question is, do you want to make a difference? Because if you want to make a difference, I'm inviting you. Whatever your next step is here, take it. Some of you, you've been sitting here for years, and you know what? You're welcome to sit as long as you want to. The person that you're missing out on make a difference is you. Because I'm telling you, I, I went canoeing with a guy by the name of Dave Thompson. Dave, I didn't get his permission to, to share this, but um, actually, I mean, I've shared this before, but Dave, Dave and I went canoeing yesterday. And Dave, he's talking and he's sharing his story, and I've heard his story every time. A year ago, he was an atheist. But somebody from this church... Chris and Sam Larson, by the way, who are getting baptized tonight. Chris and Sam Larson invited Dave to one church. And the very first Sunday he came, we were talking about labels. And i got to be honest with you, Dave, he looks cool. He's like the Mac and I'm the PC. You know what I'm saying? He's got tats all over him. I don't have a tattoo because I'm a wuss. I don't have a problem theologically with it. I'm a fr it's needles. I'm, again, pain, not good. My wife has a tattoo. I ain't got a tattoo. One day, though, I'm going to get one. I'm just saying. So anyway, but he's got tattoos. He's got gauges in his ears. He's got a big, I mean, manly, you know, beard. I'm 41, and I says, how old are you? And he's 24. And I'm like, shut up. Anyway, but Dave, I'm telling you, he is here because somebody invited him. And he is here every Sunday morning. And what I remember, it was about a month ago, two months ago, he's in the back. He says, he normally comes to the 9 o'clock, but he stays a little bit for the 11 o'clock because that's when we have our biggest crowd. And he's got tears in his eyes. He says, Chris, I like being in the back, and I like seeing everybody. I says, Dave, you, God's use, God uses you every Sunday. And he does. He uses Dave Thompson. And here's the thing. God can use you. Whether that's watching children, whether that's setting up, whether that's helping out with starting point, whether that's being in a community group, whether that's giving, however that is, I'm just challenging you. If you want to make a difference, I am saying, I'm going to extend my hand. I'm going to say, come on, let's do this together. You jacked up? So am I. We're messed up? That's cool. Jesus loves using messed up people. How many of y'all are messed up? Let me see your hands. How many of y'all want God to use you? I'm with you. So let's do that. Let's pray right now. Dear Jesus, I thank you so much, Lord, for these men and women. Lord, that you have given me the, the pleasure, Lord, just the opportunity of just being with for the past five years. God, when I look at those pictures and I see the baptism stories and all of the people getting baptized and the 10 people we're going to baptize tonight, God, I just, I am thankful. I am speechless. Lord, that you're willing to use messed up people.
to do what you call us to do. Lord, that, you're, that you run away, that you leave religion to go to messed up people, and that's where you start a movement that changes the world. And Lord, I pray, Lord, whatever one church in the future looks like, whether that's here, whether that's building, whether that's land, whether, I, I don't know, God. I know you do. And Lord, I pray that our heart would never, ever change. I pray that our mission would never change, that we would always lead people. It's about people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. Lord, that we wouldn't get sidetracked with programs or plans or money or buildings or any of that. We would always focus on connecting a God who loves everybody, even messed up people, to them. Lord, we love you, and I thank you so much for this these group of people who have changed the world so many different ways. In Jesus' name, amen.